Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. This is the Ukraine update, uh, the fourth of these that I've done. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about what seems to be happening uh, across really the Western world, uh, Britain, America, Europe, um, when it comes to um, Britain, uh, the, the sort of the West's kind of divided political tribes and their approach to both Russia and Ukraine um, there there seems to be a kind of uh, a, a de- determined holdout by the the admirers of, of Putin who will will come to at the moment um, to try to continue to uh, fight uh, Putin's corner and a a rather over enthusiastic um, embrace of the Zelensky regime uh, by uh, Western uh, liberal commentators who perhaps don't know quite as much about uh, Zelensky uh, and uh, his, his um, backers uh, 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 as they might think they do. 
Um, so to begin with, let's look at uh, Western support or for this kind of Western support for Putin. Now, there, there is an awful lot written uh, about the kind of um, the, the murky, murky financial dealings um, between uh, the, the Russian Federation and the, the th things like the Trump Organization and the Brexit movement in Britain. I don't profess really to uh, to know enough um, about the uh, about these matters. Um, there was there were there were issues like the the steel dossier, uh, which suggested that there was compromise on Trump. Um, there has been all sorts of discussion uh, about um, the Brexit campaign and where it was funded from and the kind of various flows of dark money that went into the campaign um, which seem to have come from a variety of sources not merely just Russia it's difficult to assess really even if there were flows of dark money into the Brexit campaign the extent to which that was the decisive factor um, the uh, role of Britain's newspapers and also the, the kind of the social and political crisis that the country was put into uh, for the plunged into uh, over the previous six years before the Brexit campaign, namely austerity, which people on the left rightly point out um, had a, a huge effect on kind of coarsening public attitudes towards immigration to making essentially Britain a kind of a harder, angrier, more brutal country. Um, from a, a sort of a quite a, a sort of a brutalised population who had um, uh, many of whom either endured austerity or they are the, the people that rather approved of it uh, and thought that this was a, a, a kind of like a, a good thing to do to poor uh, the, the, the poor and the desperate of the country in order to kind of improve their moral fibre in some fashion so it's it's a difficult um, and a very fraught kind of political um, landscape to look at when we look at uh, Russian funding of um, the, the, the the European kind of conservative right, populist right, alt-right and in cases far right. But it, it seems to be beyond doubt that um, European uh, right-wing parties and far-right parties in places like uh, Italy, uh, Hungary, um, Great Britain, uh, uh, and other kind of key target countries, uh, ha have monies have been received, and these have paid for um, kind of a favourable hearing for Russia. And even if monies haven't been transmitted, uh, the what Russia represents, or what the Putin regime represents to Western reactionaries is something uh, that they would ideally like to see replicated in their own countries. Here you have a, um, a, a regime that explicitly has said to the, the Russian man, we will put you back in charge, we will erode women's rights, we will um, erode gay and lesbian rights. This is Russian, the Russian heterosexual man, obviously. Um, and the things that, like, such as the um, re the, the uh, decriminalisation of domestic violence uh, is, is a, a key example. We will uphold 
this kind of uh, patriarchal authoritarian vision of uh, of masculinity well this is very much catnip to the um the, the, to to the uh the international alt right um which is um organized around ideas about kind of a, a cultural uh, kind of cultural ideas around chauvinism um the thing that the kind of the the american um uh, alt right um and it's british and european and and and, and russian um variations have in common is this attempt to create culture wars to whip up um, uh, kind of anger and confusion about things like trans rights or the Black Lives Matter movement. I can't imagine the Putin regime cares one way or another about whether um, black Americans are treated with uh, dignity and respect. Um, and the... Um, Weaponization of outlooks, uh, outlets like uh, media outlets like Sputnik and Russia Today, to um, create um, eyeballs and to, to to attract eyeballs to its media and to create lots and lots of kind of anger and controversy and um, by pre by presenting all manner of kind of contrarian perspectives, is then followed by the uh, by, by an organised attempt to uh, present uh, a, uh, a Russian-friendly perspective in the world. Where is the harm in that, you say? Um, the, do state medias around the world do this? Yes, of course they do. Even um, things that aren't considered state media in Great Britain, like uh, the BBC. Well, I mean, the BBC doesn't quite court controversy in that way, but it presents um, a kind of it is a key part of British soft power and um, has been used thusly uh, time and time again. Um, I suppose the issue is that um, the uh, weaponization of uh, uh, cultural um, and social uh, debates. I mean, in Britain, the classic example is, of course, uh, Brexit. Um, serves Russian long-term foreign policy objectives, um, and as has often been said, events like Brexit um, served uh, Vladimir Putin very, very well. Um, I, I think, in, in a way, um, once again with with Brexit, it's it's possible to overstate uh, Russian influence. It seems to have been kind of largely a self-inflicted disaster. Um, that um, you know, Russia um, used the old kind of Napoleonic dictum of never interrupt one's enemies when they are uh, making a mistake. Um, Anyway, the uh, at the moment, if one looks at the um, output of things like Fox News, individuals like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity on Fox News, who um, during the Trump era, because Trump was explicitly pro-Putin and believed that not only Putin was a, a model for how um, kind of a, a Trumpist America could look, which in its in, as a kind of like a, a level of Kind of naivety and foolishness, it, it, um, and also kind of 
uh, unrealistic um, projection. Uh, it, there isn't much to rival it. Um, and the idea that America's political and defence establishment would ultimately um, allow that in the long run is, is, is fanciful. But um, people like Carlson and, and Hannity um, were not only um, espousing this kind of Trumpist line of uh, being kind of sympathetic to Russia um, and to Russian interests, but also they um, uh, were reiterating an explicitly Russian line uh, about Russian um, uh, and opposition towards and antipathy towards uh, the, the kind of cultural politics that Fox News hates anyway. Um, both of them, um, since the um, Ukrainian invasion, have become slightly more muted, slightly more circumspect, because the, the images of atrocities can't easily be uh, wished away and can't easily be ignored. Um, they become slightly more circumspect, but gradually they, they are introducing these sorts of pro-Putin talking points, in a way because they're pro-Trump talking points. The idea that this happens to have happened on Biden's watch and without, um, you know, with Trump's involvement, Trump making one of his wonderful boardroom-style deals, none of this would have happened. Trump, of course, famously tried to extort the Zelensky regime into providing dirt on Hunter Biden in return for arms. These arms, as we can see now, are very, very useful. Um, so this is perhaps setting up, and I think this is probably, hopefully unrealistic, but you never know, um, this is attempting to set up um, a, a kind of a, a foreign policy platform for Trump to uh, campaign on um, to get the Republican nomination for 2024 uh, and to um, uh, campaign against Biden on in, in 2024. Again, I'm not entirely sure, given um, the um, state of Trump's um, legal problems and his gradual diminishment, his sort of banishment from Twitter and his gradual diminishment within um, uh, Republican circles, whether that's e even possible. But, you know, we were wrong the first time, weren't we? In Great Britain, um, the voices who are cheerleading uh, Vladimir Putin are far more marginal. Uh, Great Britain hasn't really got it has uh, GB News but GB News is as nothing compared to uh, the the scale and the power of Fox News in uh, the USA and the um, the, the those figures that um, make a kind of a a, a good uh, sort of uh, showing for for Putin are far more marginal. Even uh, characters like Nigel Farage, who um, had his, it was at the kind of the the, uh, the pinnacle of his power and influence during the Brexit campaign, are now looking more and more marginal. So the the moment at, the moment at which they um, they finally abandon uh, pro-Putin rhetoric will will be interesting. Perhaps they won't. Perhaps people like uh, Farage and, and uh, Carlson and Hannity 
um, will continue, they will double down um, on um, Putin um, support. But it's difficult for, uh, particularly for um, Britain's right-wing establishment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. To completely uh, abandon um, the, the idea of, 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 of Putin, be, partly because of everything that has been said in the past and uh, also the, the suspicion that there have been these connections between things like the Brexit campaign and um, uh, and, uh, and, and Russia's oligarchs. Um, the Conservative Party uh, that has been highly, uh, highly kind of um, um, obstructionist in a way to um, efforts to um, undermine uh, Putin through sanctions against oligarchs, whilst in fairness, at the same time, arming Ukraine to the teeth and uh, British um, shoulder-launched missiles, uh, javelin missiles, have been decimating Russian tanks. Um, the extent to which the Conservative Party is wallowing in uh, dark ra- Russian money um, it is quite extraordinary. It's quite historically unprecedented. There is, to my knowledge even when in the 1970s when large amounts of Saudi cash were circulating around London there is to my knowledge nothing like this in in modern British history um the the, the kind of the depth and the penetration uh of uh Russian oligarchic money and that helps us to kind of understand some of the other uh kind of dynamics at play in um modern Britain when you have a party that is owned by um, uh, oligarchs who are uh, who, whose uh, money is offshored and, and largely plundered from Russia, um, and uh, funded by elites from the City of London, um, funded by 
um, people who have parked their cash in the Cayman Islands for a long, long time. They're able to purchase the party in uh, a way that previous generations, um, small and medium level businessmen, you know, car showroom owners, uh, people who owned um, properties in uh, rental properties uh, across uh, urban Britain, people who uh, owned um, who owned kind of manufacturing or quarrying or mining or uh, those sorts of kind of enterprises. Those kinds of in, uh, you know kind of small to medium sized industrialists that used to make up the kind of the base of the Conservative Party. Their money doesn't talk anymore. Uh, oligarchic money does. The kind of money that you have to go and visit someone on a big yacht in order to uh, get your hands on. That money talks. And it's not all Russian by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of it is. And so this is when you can uh, understand that uh, a kind of a, a money that thrives on chaos, that thrives on um, uh, bet, taking bets against currencies and that kind of thing. Uh, the, the money of people like um, Crispin O'Day, who backed Brexit and thought this was a, a made I think it was two hundred million pounds in one um, currency bet on on the night of of Brexit. That sort of money. Um, is uh, the, the kind of money that leads to people like Boris Johnson who famously said, and if you'll pardon the language, fuck business when it came came to Brexit. Um, it, it's the sort of money that doesn't really mind if British living standards collapse. It doesn't really mind if um, Britain becomes a, a sort of like a, a second wheel to Europe because it's it's not money that's located here. It's money that drifts around the world and uh, um, money that is uh, not has no vested interest in long-term British stability or, or prosperity. So that's the money that uh, owns the Conservative Party for the most part. Um, the extent of its penetration into the Labour Party, well, uh, perhaps greatly lessened, but um, maybe the Labour Party will become a more attractive destination for it. Um, if the Conservative Party's fortunes dwindle. Okay, so let's talk about um, Zelensky and Zelensky's appeal in um, uh, 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 Western Western media, particularly. Understandably, there are enormous Western sympathies towards Ukraine for the most part. The those people I've just talked about, the the, the Farages, etc., who um, have made you know, at least conciliatory comments about, or um, mitigatory sort of comments about uh, Russia, those folks are by and large not being listened to in, in the main. And the, the outpouring of support for Ukraine for most people has been quite commendable. Um, the knowledge that most Western commentators have about Vladimir Zelensky is, is pretty slender. Um, and the the kind of the understanding of uh, the events from the the, the Maidan um, revolution or of of twenty fourteen all the way up to the present day again is is pretty slender and that's that's understandable and I think no one can be really criticised for that. But 
there is an immense naivety uh, at play at the moment. When um, last week Will Smith famously slapped some other pro Chris Rock, I think it was, in the face, um, in a sort of like a media hoo-ha, um, there were, you know, very, comments from various sort of kind of high-profile liberal celebrities for the most part saying one should be more like Zelensky and less like uh, Will Smith. Does anybody really know anything about Zelensky? I mean, the, uh, the, the outlawing of 11 opposition parties would tend to point towards the fact that our binary view of this matter, which is something that, uh, again, international onlookers invariably create this idea that, you know, we have to have good guys and bad guys, not very bad guys and not so bad guys or questionable guys. Um, that that that's a kind of a story that's harder to uh, harder for us to, to to grapple with, and the reality will inevitably be that uh, we're, we're talking about a uh, a nationalist leader of Ukraine who has every right to um, demand that his country be armed and every right to um, demand that Europeans and America and the international community does its bit to hold the line against Russia. But his own um, use of uh, kind of uh, offshore um, tax havens and um, questionable financial issues, again, is, suggests that, it, that we're not dealing with a, a kind of an entirely angelic character here. And it would be naive to assume that we are. There are all sorts of um, third world, for example, during the, 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 the Cold War era, third world national liberation leaders who can't be described as particularly benign individuals. And it's again, it's, it's a kind of a Western naivety to assume that they are or they should be. These are sort of historical actors, people who um, fought often bloody and quite com morally compromised wars against aggressors. Um, and so this isn't to say that Zelensky is, shouldn't uh, have the support of the West, uh, but it's to say that we should not go about looking at um, Zelensky uh, through rose-tinted spectacles. Here are some thoughts, thoughts to consider. If in some series of, uh, of, of unlikely events, Russia is completely routed and um, leaves all of the areas annexed from Ukraine, how will the Russian ethnic minority in places like Crimea be treated? Um, how will the Russian ethnic minorities be uh, accommodated within a reunified Ukraine? Or will they be allowed to? Will they be forced to leave? Will they be killed? Will they be persecuted? History tells us that it's more likely they will than they won't. Um, and what will you know Zelensky's response to that then be? You know, in this in this kind of future counterfactual situation, um, if Zelensky survives all of this and manages to make a deal with Russia, it will inevitably be a deal. It will inevitably be the best deal he can make, and it'll be a confused and compromised one, no doubt, that will leave large numbers of people in Ukraine probably unhappy, 
um, and he will have to preside over the best of a bad situation. So it's in, it's important for um, uh, onlookers, international onlookers, to to look as in as a realistic a manner as possible at uh, the at the actors we've got in front of us. The, a part of the problem that we have created that we've created for ourselves with Putin is, is this narrative that we're we're dealing essentially with some kind of Blofeld style Bond villain. This. Icy, icy genius that understands everything and is manipulating the world. I'm, I'm sure that is something that is actively created by Putin uh, as well. But again, evidently it's not true. Uh, the, the kind of the muddled chaos um, and incompetence that really has really marked the Ukraine invasion so far would suggest that it's, it's not true. And it would also suggest something rather fundamental about Russia's capacity to wage wars. Um, Russia is normally uh, good at waging wars against civilian populations and has done so since 1956 onwards. Um, and in its last active hot war uh, waged in Afghanistan, it lost. So, you know, other than the fact that it is a nuclear armed power, we have to be more circumspect uh, uh, um, and look at the evidence presented to us regarding Russia. But we have to do the same with Ukraine as well. Anyway, I'll keep you posted on the next Ukraine update. Um, and uh, there'll be a regular episode of the Explaining History podcast uh, coming later in the week. Thanks very much, everybody. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye.
it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.